Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. All right, get your Bibles open to the book of John. John in the New Testament, the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 7, and uh, we're going to dive into God's Word. Man, I enjoyed time of worship this morning. I'm tired, and I've, I've enjoyed the, the, the time of just being in God's presence, and now God's presence doesn't leave when we move to the Word. Now God just continues to work in a different way. I'm, I'm in a series of messages called Listen to His Whisper, and it's about hearing the voice of God, because God quite often often speaks in the form of a whisper. And, uh, and today I'm going to be wrapping up this series of messages with a sermon entitled Seven Sacred Languages. Seven Sacred Languages. These are seven different ways that God speaks. Now, this is not an, an all-encompassing method of how God speaks because we'd be here all day if I were to talk about everything. But I would say the vast majority of the way, ways God speaks is through these seven different, and I'm using the term languages. It's different ways that he communicates. In Hebrews chapter 1, it says, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many Ways. So God has this ability to speak in strange and mysterious ways, uh, ways that are really quite astounding. Uh, keep in mind that God spoke to Moses through a burning bush. Uh, God spoke to Pharaoh through these 10 signs and wonders, and God spoke to Hezekiah through an illness. God spoke to the Babylonian, uh, these, the Babylonian astrologers. He spoke to them through the stars. God spoke through this evil king. God spoke to him. Uh, he, he's, his name was Belshazzar. And God spoke to him by, literal, by, by literally writing something on the wall. It was a disembodied hand that, that wrote four words on the wall, mena, mena, tekel, parson. And, and that would have been a crazy moment. Uh, the scriptures recorded it as a crazy moment. I mean, God even spoke to Balaam through a donkey. But I'm not going to be talking about those, those, again, strange and mysterious ways. But I want to be absolutely clear about one thing. And this is important. This underscores everything that I've been talking about in this series is that, that uh, really after talking about all the ways that God speaks, the writer of Hebrews made this clear that Jesus is the full and final revelation of God. So Jesus is the center of our faith. He's the, he's the ultimate leader of our church. Jesus is the one who speaks to us. The problem is, though, I might, you, know, you might say this, but where is he? I don't see him around anywhere. Correct. You've got that right. In fact, in John chapter number 16, which we're about to look at right now, John 16, verse 7, Jesus was with his disciples. They were kind of fretting about this because Jesus was talking about going away. They didn't really understand the depth of it, but Jesus shared these words, and I'm so glad that John recorded these words for us today. The disciples were a little worried. The context of this was that they were concerned about what, how are they going to hear from God? How are they going to get what Jesus wants, to, wants them to hear? Well, we find out right here in John chapter 16, verse 7. We're going to go all the way through verse 15. Come on, follow with me. Jesus says, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I'm leaving. 
For if I do not leave, the, whole, the helper, which is the Holy Spirit, or the comforter, he will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. Just to pause there for just a second. So that's why Jesus is saying, it's better that I leave. So only people who are within proximity of my voice can hear me right now. But when the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit will have the ability to actually speak to all mankind. Now that's powerful right there. Now keep, keep going along. It says, and, and he, that's the Holy Spirit, when he comes, will convict the world regarding sin, righteousness, and judgment. And then Jesus breaks it down. <clears throat> regarding sin, because they do not believe in me. Regarding righteousness, because I'm going to the Father uh, and you are no longer going to see me. And regarding judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. Now listen to this. I have many more things to say to you, but you can't bear to hear them at the present time. In other words, I have a lot of stuff I want to say. I want to speak all kinds. I want to speak volumes to you, but I'm not going to do that right now. Again, who's going to do that? The Holy Spirit. All right, keep looking. But when he, the spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, and he will take from mine and will disclose it to you. All the things that the Father... All, all things that the Father has are mine, and that this is why I say that he takes from mine and will disclose it to you. So in other words, the Holy Spirit speaks what Jesus wants him to speak. Isn't that wonderful? So Jesus still speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. And remember, the Bible is our roadmap. It, it, it's our map, like what I shared last week, but the Holy Spirit is our guide, and he's the one who discloses all things. But he speaks primarily in seven different ways, and I'm calling these seven different languages. So I want you to write these down. Like I shared last week, the sacred language, number one, I'm calling these sacred languages. And uh, hopefully we, there, is, there are no typos in there, so the word sacred doesn't look like scared language, because that would be weird. But sacred language, number one, is the holy scriptures. Scripture is our first language, of course, but God speaks in other ways. But anything that you hear outside of Scripture has to be received through the lens of the Bible. And we talked about this last week in great detail, but there are six secondary ways that God also speaks uh, outside of the Bible. We find these in scriptures, and, and I've broken them down into categories. God speaks through desires, dreams, doors, people, prompting pain. Did you get all those written down? I didn't think so. That's because I, I didn't put them on the screen. You didn't get them cry. But Donna's still writing. She thinks, I can get this all written down. That is great. Well, you're going to see him again. But remember, to believe that God only speaks through the Bible basically means that we're handcuffing God, saying, God, you can only speak this particular way. Because in the Bible, he actually reveals these other ways that he speaks to us. So the scripture, what it is, scripture is like a check and balance for everything that God says. And God, God's not going to say anything that is contrary to the written word of God because that's, he has his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And it is revealed through the scriptures. But... At the same time, God still speaks in strange and mysterious ways. 
But again, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he's speaking to us strange and mysterious ways. He speaks to us through the word, but there are other ways he speaks. Now, about 40, about 40 years ago, there's a Harvard professor by the name of Dr. Howard Gardner, and he wrote this, this uh, book called Frames of Mind. And this is really uh, groundbreaking, and you've, heard, you've probably heard the, uh, the, the stuff that he, he revealed to us from his studies. And it's basically this, is that, that people are smart in different ways. Uh, different people are smart in different ways. So we all kind of have different smarts. Uh, He broke it down into eight categories, word smart, number smart, picture smart, music smart, people smart, nature smart, body smart, self smart. So, so, but just like we are smart in different ways, I think that we also relate to God in different ways. And I think that's a beautiful testament uh, to the power and the blessing of God because he has this foresight. He has this, uh, this, this intelligence and he's wise enough to make sure that he speaks to us in ways or languages that we can hear, that we can understand. And God speaks to anyone and everyone. God speaks anywhere and God speaks everywhere. Have you ever been all alone somewhere far away? You never feel far from God. You never feel far from the voice of God. In fact, quite often God speaks to you even the loudest when you're far away from everything and everyone. But, but I, I believe that God speaks, in a sense, like billions of languages, and he speaks your language. He does. Uh, the various ways Jesus speaks to us through the Holy Spirit is as different as Peter, James, and John. I mean, very, very different. But, but I want us to look at some of these secondary languages of God that are secondary to the Scriptures. So sacred language number two, then, is desire. Now, we have to be careful about desire because there are selfish desires and there are sinful desires and every single one of us uh, have those desires. So we have, to, we have to be wise enough again to go to the word and to get clarity on how to distinguish our desires. But the Psalm 37 verse four says this, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart that's one of my favorite scriptures. Some of you guys need to underline that. You need to mark that in your Bibles and memorize it. I love it. See, but that word in there where it says give, he will give you, that, that word give literally means conceive. So he will birth new desires in you and those desires become kind of like compass needles to guide you toward God's good and pleasing and perfect will. Sacred language number three is this. It is dreams and visions. Uh, Joel 2.28 and Acts chapter 2 verse 17 says that part of the blessing of the Holy Spirit being in our lives and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit after Jesus left, because that's what he was talking about in our text today, that, that, that one of the things that would happen is, is God, would, God would give his people visions and dreams. Joel 2.28 says this, I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Now, again, I want to say not all visions and dreams are from God. Just because you had a dream of of a creepy crawly spider last night, it probably has nothing to do with God. That's because you saw a spider a few days ago. Your brain is still trying to make sense of it. Or you brought some raid and you're thinking about killing that or whatever. 
whatever. But, but it, what, what those dreams and desires, uh, those, those visions and dreams, when you have them, you also have to use this discernment and you have to undergird it with the scripture as I've already shared. But, but, those, but there are these dreams that are supernatural and, and they are dynamic. And I probably have had four to five of those, those very clear supernatural dreams from God in my life. Uh, but also God gives us dreams that are, that are not, not necessarily quite as dynamic, but they're these aspirations. We call those dreams aspirations and desires that, that, uh, that we have for our lives. And those dreams, when they are for the sake of God's kingdom, those could be things that are from God. Okay, sacred language number four is this, is doors. God will sometimes open a door and he'll sometimes close a door to speak to you. Uh, I've asked God, in fact, I, I regularly ask God to close doors. God, if, you, if, if there's a door ahead, if I'm, I'm moving forward, this looks like an open door, but if it's not where I'm supposed to go, God, will you just close it for me? And many times he has. Thank God for closed doors. Uh, and and, and I, I want to be able to walk through the open doors that God gives me, and I think you do as well. And as doors open up, if they are according to God's good, pleasing, and perfect will, then we step through them. Revelation chapter 3 has this beautiful scripture that I love. He says, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut. So when God opens a door for you, nobody can shut that door and that door is for you to walk through and he's speaking to you. But, but please understand, this is a package deal because sometimes that you're ready to go through that open door and he slams it and it bumps your nose when he slams it. And so he's still speaking to you, you know? Someday, I think, well, someday, at least as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to be thanking God for some closed doors. And I'm going to be thanking him for the closed doors as much as the open doors that he's given me. All right, sacred language number five is this. It is people. And this is pretty broad. I, I, I'm glad God, th- God speaks through people more than donkeys. I, I really, I'm really glad for that. But, but God uses people to speak to us all the time. Uh, God used a person who was a prophet named Nathan to speak to, uh, to speak to David, and he rebuked him. God used a, an uncle by the name of Mordecai to speak to Esther, to encourage and exhort her. God uh, spoke through a person, a spiritual father of Timothy's, who was, who was Paul, to give him some encouragement. Uh, God, God speaks through preaching. God speaks through the singing. God has been speaking all through this service. And so that's why we have to have our ears tuned in to what God is saying. And sometimes it comes in the form of godly wisdom, love and compassion and care. Other times it's happening through the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 tells us a little bit about this. It says, for one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. Again, we're talking about the Holy Spirit who still speaks to us on behalf of Christ. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, and to another prophecy, to another distinguishing of spirits, to another different various kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. So God speaks through people in a variety of ways and a lot of different ways, and that's 
that's one of, the, one of the big reasons why we need the body of Christ. We need each other. We need to be together with other believers because that's where we receive that. That's why we need to be in those uh, connect groups. That's why we need to, to be uh, involved in serving and helping and encouraging one another. I, I loved it yesterday during the assembly line time because I saw so many people just encouraging one another and, and really in, in many ways being the voice of God to various people. And, and it's beautiful how God works like that. Uh, so so I, I, I just want to be really clear here. God speaks through people and men. God also speaks through your wives. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does speak through your wives. You know what? One of the most beautiful times, God's spoken through my wife many times. I haven't always liked it, but, but um, one time it was just really beautiful. Well, more than once, but there was this one time it was, you know, it was uh, a little over two years ago. And my wife, Rebecca, about two weeks before Christmas, she said, we need to go visit your parents. And I said, we don't have time. She said, you need to make time. We need to go visit your parents. I feel strongly in my heart. So I listened to her. We went out and spent time with my parents and enjoyed my last visit with my father, who went to be with the Lord literally two weeks later. Had no idea he was going to be with the Lord. But God spoke through my wife. And guys, he can do that, all right? Believe it or not. We learned about that in my Connect group, right, guys? All right, all right, good, good. All right, sacred language number six is a prompting, prompting. Uh, like I shared last week, the Scripture is a map, but the Holy Spirit is our guide, so we have to tune into the voice of the Holy Spirit. And, and uh and part, I would say, part of being spirit-led people is that we have this ability to discern the promptings and say, is this prompting from God or is this prompting just my flesh? And, and we want God to order our steps. That's why you should pray regularly. God, lead me, guide me, order my steps today. And God speaks to you that way by giving you these promptings. And he's setting up good works in advance for you to do. And if you miss his promptings, you actually miss the miracles that he has set up for you. The Apostle Peter, uh, in fact, when he was, when the early church, church was just getting started, Peter was in charge. Uh, he was like the head, head guy of the church at that time. It says in Acts chapter 15, verse 28, I love this. It says, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these essentials. He goes on explaining some things, but I like that because what he's talking about is the Holy Spirit is prompting, and then the people come in behind that and bring the confirmation. See, these are godly men brought the confirmation for what the Holy Spirit was prompting. That's why that's good to get those, those uh, uh, it's good to get those people to give you feedback regarding what you might feel God is prompting you to do. So, uh, so let's move on to number seven, sacred language. Number seven, God also speaks through pain. God also speaks through pain. Uh, C.S. Lewis said this. It says, God whispers through our pleasures, but God shouts at us through our pain. Uh, you know, you can ignore the Bible. I don't want you to, but you, you can ignore the Bible, but you cannot ignore pain. You cannot ignore pain. And Pain is a, uh, is, a, is a great marriage counselor. 
Payne is a professor in psychology. I mean, Payne is a life coach. Payne will help to answer some of life's toughest questions for you. Keep in mind, Jesus never promised you that your life was going to be all peachy keen and nice and easy. He assured you, and I assure you as well, there will be struggles in this life and struggles in this world. And quite often, God uses the pain associated with that to speak to you. Back in 1971, there's a psychologist by the name of Albert Moravian, and he, uh, he wrote this work called Silent Messages, and he was talking about nonverbal communication. And he found this, that 55%, you probably heard this, but about 55% of the way we communicate is through body language. That's incredible. Through everything you see, all your, so you receive more of what a person is saying, basically, by their body language. And 38%, is attributed to the tone of a person's voice. And only 7%, he says, actually are the words being spoken. That's why I, I think we should be careful with our words, but make sure that we're putting Jesus on all the time when we're, when we're out in the community with our tone of voice, with the way we carry ourselves, with our body language. But, but I was thinking about this. God also speaks through body language. Who is the body of Christ? Where is the body of Christ? It's right here. We are the body of Christ, the church. It is the sacred language of people that God is using to speak to us. And God uses different tones of voice. So God does use desire. God does use pain. But here's the bottom line. I want you to get this. Learning to hear the voice of God, it takes discernment. And if you lack discernment, begin to ask God for, because God's already speaking. What you want to do, what you want to do is ask God to give you discernment, discernment to spot the closed doors and to very clearly see the open doors, discernment to know uh, about whether a, a vision or a dream is God-given. You need discernment to know which desires are from God and which ones are selfish desires. You need to, to have discernment to understand the promptings of God. You need discernments to be able to read people. Discern literally means this in the New Testament. It means knowledge gained by firsthand contact, which I think is very interesting because the firsthand contact is God. That, so ultimately, one of the things God's looking for is intimacy with us. You must be intimate with the Holy Spirit, intimate with God, because that turns up the ability to discern. Really, it's experiential. It's, I guess you could say, more street smarts than it is book smarts. It's being fine-tuned over time and allowing God to do that, and it does take time. You know, if, if you're wanting to learn a new language quickly, uh, the best and the quickest way to do that is what I would call total immersion. You're not going to get it from a class. You're not going to get it from a book. You're going to get it from full, total immersion. That is to take yourself and put yourself around people who do not speak your language, and you're going to have to learn very quickly, and you will learn quickly to hear, to understand, and even to speak it. So that is what I'm asking you to do. Just dive in. Just jump in and begin to learn, and, and you're going to be able to swim. Just dive into the deep end. Because it's the same way with the learning the seven different languages of God. It does take time. It does take effort. 
But the journey begins when you say, I'm going to go for full immersion into listening to the voice of God. Now, depending upon your background, the way God designed you, uh, some of these seven sacred languages might feel or sound a little odd to you, foreign. But in time, God begins to work them into your heart. But I want to remind you of one thing that I think is paramount here is that all of these seven sacred languages are actually love languages. Um, The Bible is a huge book. It is a big book. And I, in no way do I want to oversimplify the scriptures because there's a lot of complexities there, but I'd like to try to summarize the word of God in three words. Will you let me do that? This is my attempt to summarize it. And I believe that summary is this. God is love. You know, there are over 400 different names of God that are in the scriptures. And, uh, but if you were to ask me what is the most profound and truest um, thing about God would be love. It's the same three words that the apostle John used in his letters. He, he, he used these words to encapsulate the almighty. God is love. I, yes, God is powerful. Yes, God is to be feared. Yes, God is good. But more than anything, God is love. That is the dominant truth that comes through all of the seven sacred languages of God. And God doesn't love you just because of who you are. God loves you because of who he is. When you succeed, God is love. When you fail, God is love. When you have faith, God is love. And even when you doubt, God is love. You've heard this. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him, everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And God speaks this love through these seven different sacred languages. Love is is the root of every single one of those languages. God loves you whether you believe it or not. In fact, God likes you. That's why God whispers. See, if you want to hear his voice, church, you need to move close to his heart. You need to move into him. Get closer and closer. Because when he whispers, you've got to move even closer to him. That's why God desires intimacy. He wants that with you. When you get close enough, you begin to not only hear the whisper of God, but then he wraps his arms around you and he envelops you. Yeah, you. He envelops you in his love. And he tells you, I love you. I want you to receive my love for you. Stop hating yourself. Stop that love. I love you. 
I don't hate you, I love you. So you can not only love yourself, but you can love others. See, God pours his love into us and we immediately benefit. We immediately benefit. And I I believe this, the best way to keep being on the receiving end of God's love is to let that love flow through you. You are to be a conduit and a pipeline and a lifeline of the love of God. The Apostle John wrote these words in 1 John 4. You should listen carefully to what he said. First of all, he says, beloved. That means you're loved. <laughs> if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. We love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God, yet he hates his brother or sister, he's a liar. Wow. For the one who does not love his brother and sister whom he has seen cannot love God who he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, here it is, that the one who loves God must also love his brother and sister. That's the ultimate message of every whisper from God. God loves you. Now I want you to love others. We live in a world and a culture that pushes hate like I've never seen. And it's growing in intensity because I believe hell recognizes and knows that Satan's time is short. He's trying to unleash his fury. One part of his fury is to cause people to hate one another. Jesus prophesied this was going to happen. At the very end, he says, it's going to happen. People are going to hate. There's going to be haters. (laughs) But instead of focusing on the hate, instead of letting yourself get sucked into the hate, Receive the word of God. Receive the love of God. Receive the whisper of God. Receive the embrace of God. And then let it flow into you, fill you up, and then let it begin to flow out of you. A good way to know that you're lacking in the love of God is when you begin to spout off in hatred toward other people. The other day, I just felt something rising up in me. I was just angry and I wondered, I just like, ugh. I, I, I've... I've tried hard over the past several years to eliminate the words I hate out of my life because I, I don't want I don't want to do that <laughs> I have to be very careful with those words but I, I felt that and I thought God obviously I'm lacking in some of your love I need more of your love pour it into me speak to me whisper to me embrace me I want to be an agent of your love. And church, do you want that? Do you really want to be an agent of his love? I do. So I want us to pray. And I'm asking you to do a serious prayer here. See, loving others means that you're going to love them in spite of their flaws, in spite of their error, 
in spite of even what they've done to you or said to you, or how they've brought maybe even pain to your life, you're going to love. Let's just pray. Pray, God. Help us to love, God. Help us to receive your love and also be agents of your love. Help us to love even lost people enough to invite them to church so that they don't have to spend an eternity in hell. God, give us eyes to see people the way you see them. Lord, if we're really your agents on this earth, Lord, we have to love and we want to. We need to. We must. You know, I want to tell you something, church. Several years ago, I was working on staff at a, a large church in the Metroplex here, and, and I, uh, my pastor had put me in charge of this huge evangelistic campaign. And I'd never been in charge of anything like that before. I was graduated from Bible college. I loved reading the Bible all the time. I loved worshiping the Lord. But as I got into that and began praying over it, because I, you know, if I'm given an assignment, I want to pray over it. I want to ask for God's will. I realized that I didn't have a heart of love for lost people the way I needed to have it to do the evangelism campaign. So I began praying and fasting and saying, God, I know you love me and I need you to help me to love others. Help me, help me. And there was this very strange moment. I'll never forget it. I was at a McDonald's going through a drive-thru. Yeah, I did that way back then. And it wasn't for my kids, it was for me. It's going through this drive-thru and The girl at the window gave her the cash and she gave me back my change and like her like like her fingers just barely touched mine and immediately in that moment I was overwhelmed with tears overwhelmed with love for the lost overwhelmed with compassion overwhelmed because I'd been praying God I want to feel the way you feel I want to love the way you love and I had to pull my car over and I sat there for about 20 minutes and I just cried and prayed and thanked God for the experience because at that moment things shifted in me. Yeah, you can even be a preacher and not have love for the lost. I realized that was the case for me. But God changed me. God changed me. God spoke to me and he whispered to me and he wrapped his arms around me and he said, I want you to feel now what I feel. You've been praying, so I'm going to give this to you. I don't remember how that little breakfast sandwich tasted or whatever it was that I got. But I will never forget that moment. The love of God just began to pour out of me. And I, I was different from that point on. And anytime I felt myself getting dry in that area, I asked God just to give me a new inundation of his love, and he never failed with that. He 
never failed with him. He's not going to fail with you either. So God, pour your love out on us. Let us be recipients of your love and to feel in our hearts love for others, love for family, love for work associates, love for people in the church, love for the lost. God, let us really, really be your agents on this earth so that other people can experience your love, so that other people can know that they are loved so that other people can feel and know that there's an opportunity where they don't have to spend eternity in hell. We can be with you forever. In Jesus' name. Will you everybody move into an attitude of prayer right now? Open your heart to the voice of the Lord. And if you're here this morning and don't know about eternity, you're not sure that you would be in heaven with Jesus for eternity, I want you to be sure. I want you to feel the love of God, and hopefully you've already felt it, but I've been praying all day that people, everybody will feel the love of God, and if you you have the love of God, he's wooing you, he's calling you, he's saying, come to me, come to me, come to me. I want to give you the gift of salvation. I want to give you eternal life. I want you to have the best. If that's you at the count of three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand so that I can see it because I want to connect my faith with yours. I don't believe God for the miracle of salvation in your life. If you're watching online, just respond to one of the moderators and say, I'm praying this prayer with the pastor. Come on count of three, lift your hand. One, two, three. Lift your hand if you need Jesus today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hands down. If you lifted your hand, will you pray with me right now? Church, will you pray these words as well as an encouragement to people all around you who are making the choice to give their lives to Jesus Christ? Pray this out loud. Dear Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner. But I also know this, that you love me. So today I receive that love. I receive your embrace. And I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me from my unrighteousness. Today I make the choice to give up my past and embrace the future that you have for me. And I will do my best to tune in to your voice, to hear your voice, and respond to your whisper. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.